Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. One of the hardest things is making those decisions of culture over profits. Today on episode 596 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder of Kaiser, Jonathan Kaiser. Jonathan started his career trying to gain financial success using the cutthroat methods he saw others in his industry use to succeed. He realized this was problematic and made some major changes starting with his own behavior. Stay with us to hear all the details. I believe everyone should have the opportunity to do what they love and get paid what they're worth. On my podcast, I've interviewed hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, many of whom run consulting businesses. We've created a free ebook with 49 actionable steps from 49 of our popular episodes to help you smash the plateau in your business and your life. It includes tips to help you with your mindset, relationships, business development, and productivity. You can get your free copy of 49 Tips to Smash Your Plateau at smashingtheplateau.com slash tips. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash tips. Now let's welcome Jonathan Kaiser. Jonathan is the founder of Kaiser, one of the largest independent occupier services commercial real estate firms in the country. Additionally, Kaiser is a founding member of Exus Global, the largest independent commercial real estate organization in the world, committed to exclusively representing corporate end users. He focuses his efforts on changing the business world through selfless service and his efforts manifest in his content and through leadership. Jonathan was named the Commercial Real Estate Disruptor by USA Today, a number one multi-category best-selling author on Amazon and the Wall Street Journal for his book, You Don't Have to Be Ruthless to Win. He's a frequent keynote speaker, a thought leader featured on over 150 articles, publications, and podcasts, and is recognized as one of the top 20 virtual keynote speakers in the country. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. My pleasure. So you're in an industry, how can I say this? It has its share of, of financially successful individuals who have gotten there with a reputation for being ruthless. And you have clearly followed a different path. Yes, very true. Well, it didn't start out that way. I was actually raised a Christian missionary kid. I grew up in Papua New Guinea as a child. And Part of what got me into commercial real estate is when I got back, I realized how poor my parents were. And I didn't like that. I didn't like being poor. So I decided at a young age that I was going to get rich. And when a buddy of mine at UCLA said, hey, you should get into commercial real estate. You can make a lot of money. I decided to take him up on that. And I got into commercial real estate to make money. And as I got in, I realized really quickly, wow, this is a cutthroat, take no prisoners, do whatever it takes trample anybody on the way to the top business. So I became that way because I thought that's what it took to be successful. But I was miserable. As you can imagine, being raised a missionary kid, I was misaligned with my core values, but I felt trapped because I wanted the success that came with uh, the commercial real estate industry. I just hated who I was becoming in the process. And then 18, 19 years ago, I went to a, a conference and a speaker got up and he started having this conversation with the room around a different way of doing business, a way of succeeding by really investing in other people. And I was, I was really, I mean, today that's a more popular topic and, and, and it's not so groundbreaking. 19 years ago, I'd never heard anything like it in my life. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, hey, is that, you know, 
first it sounded like a shtick, you know, like something that somebody just says to sound cool in front of a room. I said, is that really true? Do you, do you really, are you really successful just by helping others? And that started a whole conversation at the end of the day. He said, Jonathan, what you're doing today is hunting. And what I'm describing is farming. So like here in Arizona, I'm from Arizona. So here in Arizona, I have this a lemon tree in my backyard. And when it was a little, little tree, this thing was delicate at best. And I had to put a little fence around it. I had to keep the dogs away from it. I had to water it. And, you know, and it never gave me any fruit for the first few years. But in taking care of it now today, I get more. I mean, if you need lemons, David, just let me know and I'll ship you some. But that, that was kind of what he described is the more you invest in people over the long run, you create success. So I was moved and inspired. I said, wow, if I could actually, I wonder if this could be possible in commercial real estate. And I wonder if this could be possible in Arizona. So I came back to Arizona, threw my business plan away and just got to work helping people in the community. And it was a long, hard road. I mean, one of the things I asked him when he was talking to me after the, the conference, is I said, if this really works, how come nobody else is doing it? Like, why, why have I never heard of this before? And he said, because it takes too long. And I said, well, what is too long? He said, it'll take you four to five years to reinvent yourself. So me being the overachiever, thinking I could do everything in half the time of anybody else, I was thinking, well, I'll, I'll get this nailed in a couple of years. But he was right. It took me four to five years. But after that many years of just helping people, of asking people how I can help them and doing everything I could to be of service to them, it started to come back and people started to make referrals to me. And that turned me from laughing stock of my company, which I had become with this transformation. They're like, I don't know what you're doing, but it doesn't look like commercial real estate. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting all this, all this business. So it started to, to really grow. And after a few years of that, I realized, man, this thing needs a life of its own. I had this epiphany where I realized, what, what if I could teach this to other people? What if I could show other people what I've learned? Because my opinion is that most people in my industry are not happy. They, they, they don't really enjoy having to be who they feel they need to be to get ahead. So I'm like, what if I could change the industry? So I started the company and today we've had an extraordinary amount of success. And it's all built around this idea of succeeding by helping others succeed. So that was, you said, 18, 19 years ago, you had this epiphany. Yes, exactly right. And then you said it was like four to five years before you started seeing the return on, I guess, return on investment of, of your change in behavior. Yeah, because I had two things working. Number one, I had to figure out how to be of service to people. I was so now in the mindset of do whatever it takes to get ahead that flipping it around and just trying to help as many people as possible, that, that, was, that had a learning curve to be sure. But then on top of it, I had created a reputation for being ruthless. And so, you know, you don't just you don't just overnight. People don't just believe in overnight transformation. They just figured it was a, a, a shtick on my part. So it was this combination of one kind of figuring out as I as I went and going through a true, uh, you know, actual transformation within myself to come to the place where ultimately I stopped keeping track. You know, part of that transformation, David, was. I think anybody can sort of logically say, okay, I, I sort of get the logic behind this. If you help enough people, it starts to come back. Okay, I sort of get that. But if you're doing it to game the system, people can sense that too, and it feels kind of creepy. So I was trying to game the system at first, just thinking I'd found a better mousetrap, not actually being internally transformed. And so it was when I did that transformation of really going from doing it to get more business to actually doing it for the purity of helping people and trusting that the universe would, you know, it would come back to me somewhere. Because what I believe, David, is the universe can't handle an imbalance. 
So if you give somewhere, somewhere else it has to come back. And the, and, and the biggest skeptics of my current philosophy are the ones that say, well, I tried this for a few weeks and it didn't work. It's like, you didn't try what I'm saying, because this is the long game. What I'm describing is a true transformation. And do I believe it, it takes five years to transform yourself now? No. But, you know, I'm, I was a blind man stumbling through the dark trying to figure it out, coming from a reputationally damaged, ruthless place. So for me, it definitely did. Yeah. So I have two reactions to what you've just described. One is this whole process or methodology sounds like the antithesis of of typical corporate metrics, because as we know, business metrics, which are primarily financially based, it's like, how are we doing this quarter? How are we doing this month? How are we doing this week? How, how much did we sell today? Yep. Right. So nobody talks about looking at what we're doing over a five year period. Right. Right. So that's that's number one. Number two is. Can I pause you on that one? Because I yeah, want to go ahead. Can I come back to the second one? Yeah. So one, you couldn't be more right. And that was the hard part at my old firm where I came from. The challenge was they're saying, well, what's the ROI on this? And I said, well, this isn't this. This is a different calculus. This isn't a this isn't a short term ROI. It's not like how many cold calls did you make? How many meetings did you set and how much business did you get? This is playing a different game. So that is the challenge for a lot of people, especially in a corporate environment. But I also think it's a business, a broader business challenge that we have. You know, one of the organizations that I'm very involved in is conscious capitalism. And one of the things that we've been very, we advocate for is there's a misalignment of incentives at the public company level within the U.S., right? It's all about quarterly earnings versus long term. So it becomes really challenging for leaders to you know, kind of break the mold. Somebody who's done that well is, is, is Bezos over at Amazon. He, from the beginning said, we're going, we're playing the long game. We're investing in our, in, in our customers. And it's not about short-term profits. It's about long-term, but there's not a lot of people that have the ability or that have the scale to be able to pull that off. And so I do think it requires more of a fundamental shift in how we view business, because I got to tell you, for me, not having a lot of other people exemplifying this was part of the challenge too. Part of why I wrote the book, part of why I'm doing this podcast, part of why I'm building the firm is I want to show other people, hey, if that crazy guy in Arizona could, you know, who used to be this ruthless shark, if he could transform himself and he's proving that you could actually connect selfless service, loving and serving other people, which that, that was that was part of the first part too, is when I started using the, the L word in business, people thought I was cr crazy, but that's really what it is. You're loving on people, you're serving them, you're, you're looking out for the best interest. But if that can actually lead to success, that's where the disconnect is. Everybody knows that you're supposed to help people. Everybody knows that you're supposed to do the right thing. Everybody knows to, that, that, that your parents taught you to put others first, but where the rubber meets the road is, that's all fine in your family and your, in your social circles, but then you get into business and you feel like you gotta go to war and put up your fists and fight, fight, fight. And so what I'm trying to say is, what if, I'm not saying it's the only way, but what if there could be an alternative way, but you have to have that long-term perspective, you have to have that long-term vision. Right. So the other point I was going to make, which is quite different, is personal development and personal transformation has become very popular, mm -hmm. including in the business world. And there are folks that teach personal development and teach transformation who are very good marketers. And they're very good at presenting an aspirational message to an audience. And one of the things that I do see is that people who, who respond to that message 
and want to learn from those people who often, I'm going to use this word, but they often present themselves a, as gurus. Many of the people that, that follow them and buy from them are looking for a quick transformation. And I think that's the marketing message misses how long it actually takes to create the kind of transformation that you've described and that you've gone through. Yeah, I think that's very well said. Yeah. And there's a lot of rabbit trails I could go off of that. I mean, one of the things where, you know, I'm a commercial real estate guy. I've been in the business for 20 some years. When I decided to write the book, I knew nothing about the book industry and the professional speaking industry. And over the last two years, since my book hit number one on the Wall Street Journal, I've had a really crash course in all that stuff. And one of the things that I have noticed is what you said is right. There are so many charlatans that are really marketers that, that don't live what they even talk about. And I'm not saying that I'm some perfect, you know, hey, follow me because I got it all figured out. I, that's not in any way, shape or form what I'm saying. What I'm trying to say to the world is if a formerly ruthless, cutthroat, self-serving guy like me can figure out how to love and serve people, transform himself around it, and now create one of the fastest growing, largest firms of our kind in the country that's winning all kinds of awards, blah, blah, blah. Anybody can do it. And it's not confined to commercial real estate. It's about business on the whole. So for some people that are looking for just the, let me invest in a business and do a quick flip, this isn't the play. This isn't what I'm advocating. But for those who are truly looking for long-term sustainable success, particularly in any kind of industry where you have clients that need servicing, any kind of whatever industry that is, I believe that it's very useful and it's transformative. But I think even in addition to that, like where I keynote the most these days is around this topic of selfless leadership and helping leaders transform themselves into selfless leaders. Because what I believe, David, is that we're in a world today that is caught up to my message. I think at the beginning I was bleeding edge, but the world is caught up to my message. And so I believe that as a, as a business leader, and you see them being taken down daily, as a business leader, if you're not already living this stuff, and if you're not in the middle of transforming or have already transformed and are a selfless leader, your days are numbered. You're already a dinosaur, you just don't realize it yet. So part of this is self-preservation that I'm trying to teach to people. It's like, look, this isn't just cute and, and clever. This is, this is about survival. And no one will put up with the old school, top-down, micromanaged, heavy-handed leadership style of the past. It requires selfless leadership to be a leader in today's world. And that requires true transformation. So what we teach as part of the Kaiser Institute is reinvention from the inside out. Three-step program. Number one, you reinvent yourself. So that's the first part we've been talking about. Number two, you create a company culture that's transformed or recreate a company culture if you're already in an established business. And then third, how you interact with your partners, your clients, your community, your vendors, that's the third level. So it radiates from the inside out. And that's what we've done. And so that when I wrote the book, You Don't Have to Be Ruthless to Win, the goal was to take everything that I've learned about creating, about reinventing myself and then creating a culture around it and put it into a easy to read, easy to put into place, actionable book that allows people to say, okay, if I want to create transformation in myself and in my business, here's a roadmap. Because what I didn't have was a roadmap. 
I was a blind man stumbling around in the dark trying to figure it out. So I tried to provide people with a roadmap to say, I'm not saying it's all there, but everything that I learned, I tried to pack into this book so that people could really create transformation for themselves, and their organizations. And it's been so rewarding to watch people coming out of the woodwork. You know, the benefit of hitting number one is a lot of people read your book. And as they read it, you start hearing the transformation stories. And it's been incredible to hear, you know, how people have put this to work. So, Jonathan, you talked about how you have transformed yourself, which is the first step. Could you share an example of what you've done with the second and third step? Sure. So on the second step, and it kind of blends into the third, but I'll start with the second. What we what we did, we had the benefit of starting an organization from scratch. Right? It's, it's different from organizations that have existing businesses and existing cultures, but you can still do it. It's just harder because you have legacy people, legacy culture, legacy challenges, legacy values, legacy reputation, et cetera. But regardless, coming up with your guiding principles is step number one. So we built Kaiser on 15 core operating principles. And how I did that was in my transformation experience, I said, if I was going to create a firm, you know, sort of like this idyllic blue ocean what would be the utopian view of a commercial real estate firm if I could just design it from scratch? And I wrote it all down. We turned that into 15 core operating principles, and that's what we built our firm around. So we hire based upon that. We fire based upon that. We serve clients based upon that. We provide leadership training based upon that. We provide internal accountability based upon that. Everybody memorizes them. And we do, every time we get together, we talk about them and where we're living them and where we're not. They're not designed to be heavy-handed, they're they're aspirational, right? I'm not all of those things. I mean, they're they're amazing things, but a few of the things that are woven throughout those that I think help embed our culture are things like we never punish mistakes. I mean, think about how many organizations people live in fear of making mistakes because they know how those will be treated. So we don't punish mistakes, right? We give first. We selflessly serve. We're fully present in, in, in all that we do. We're 100% coachable. So we have all of these, we have all of these principles that are our guiding light that that we created to build the firm. And what's cool about it, too, is we lead with that. And so people that aren't looking for that, it becomes a, an anti-magnetic force, right? It repulses them. And for those that are looking for that, it attracts them. So that's one of the benefits I found, too, is a lot of companies put like cheesy seven words on a wall. They usually say like teamwork and accountability and and uh, integrity and nobody knows them the, the ceos don't live them and nobody cares this this is real so they have to be real and they have to be embedded and you as the the leader have to keep them alive and then the, the how that translates out is if you're living that within your organization it becomes so much easier then for that to become the interaction that people have with the community because a lot of people uh, expect you know, one culture inside, this sort of ruthless cutthroat, that's the industry that we're in, right? Commercial real estate firms. Everybody always goes, oh, I know that commercial real estate guy. He's so fun and nice. It's like, yeah, that's his external facade, right? You should see what he's like behind the scenes. You should see what he's like in his own office and, and on the phone doing deals. It's a very different environment. So I believe that the authenticity of you as a leader, right? Because the fish rots from the head. You have to be the change you want to see in the world. So you start with you, then the, then the organization, you, you create this principle-led organization where the people buy in and the people live that and they're, and, and they're not dis, disenfranchised or disillusioned because they see you as the leader living that or living it to the best of your ability and constantly improving, right? Constant iteration, constant improvement. 
And then that becomes a natural outcropping for them to do that in the community. And then you just build in, you know, mechanisms for the community to know that this is what's expected. Every time I meet with a new client, I carry our 15 crop rating principles. I hand it to them and I say, this is what you can expect from our team. If we're ever not doing this, here's my personal cell phone, call me, right? So you also got to create accountability mechanisms to make sure that people are living them. But the biggest accountability mechanism is if your people buy in and are living it, they reject the ones and, and a lot of times those ones self-reject because they're contrary to the culture. It's one of the hardest things I've had to learn is I'm an idyllic, aspirational kind of, kind of individual by nature, and I like to give people chances. So one of the things I said when I started the firm was, hey, usually to get into commercial real estate, it's really tough. You got you to gotta look just like me. You got to have the right haircut, go to the right school, you know, come from the right family. I want to give people. The, so I opened up the doors and I said, you know, come on in as long as you live these principles. When you when you have an open door policy like that, then then there's this this possibility of people coming in that are gaming a system. And we've experienced our share of that. But you start to notice that as you start to see the behaviors. But once you realize that part of maintaining that culture is you have to part ways with those people because they become cancerous, they become problematic. And if you don't do something as a leader, then the other people in the organization say, well, they're not really serious about this principle of culture stuff because they let Bill over here do whatever he wants. So as I coach leaders and work with people, one of the hardest things is, is making those decisions of culture over profits because if you're if you have usually the problematic ones are the bigger producers so you have to or, or or the you know best salespeople or whatever so you have to be really thoughtful about how serious are you about wanting to keep this culture and how much do you believe that that will that will affect you long term my experience has been is when i make those tough decisions and i part ways with the wrong people it opens the doors then for the right people to come in and it's always been a, a net positive yeah, no, that, that's brilliant, Jonathan. What's your vision for where this is going to go? Well, we're already seeing such transformation. It's humbling. Honestly, it's humbling to see because I'm just a commercial real estate guy in Arizona that had a, had a dream. And to start to see that being realized is pretty incredible. And to have you know people like you interested in the story and willing to help spread the message, is it, it's humbling for me. The other thing that's been really interesting is watching the, the book take off. Uh, I, I sort of have two careers now where I'm still building this amazing commercial real estate firm, but now I'm this, you know, paid keynote speaker and, you know, people want me to come tell the story. And, and so we've also developed these workshops where we help you know, leaders go through this transformation process with some assistance. So the real vision is we want to change the industry, right? Originally when I started, I said, we're going to be a billion dollar company and we're going to be this huge monstrosity. I think my vision's changed a little bit. It's less about becoming this big firm and it's more about having huge impact. It's more about being able to train others, to teach others while still providing extraordinary service. So we continue to grow. We continue to have amazing success as a company, but a lot of the energy is going into the training, the coaching, the workshops to help uh, organizations be able to implement this. You know, because some people will just take the book and, and run with it. Other people say, hey, I love the book but I'd like a little bit of, little bit of help. And so that's what we do. Sounds great. Well, Jonathan, we have certainly covered a lot of territory. First of all, congratulations on your own transformation and what you've built and, and what you're teaching other people. Um, clearly it has been a long road and you're seeing the, the fruits of 
all of the labor that you've put into this and, you, and your labor of love. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, get a copy of your book, access any resources you may have, or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go? The best place would be ruthlessbook.com, R-U-T-H-L-E-S-S book.com. You could buy the book there. You could learn more about our, our training. If you're a commercial real estate person, you're going, man, because that's usually what happens is a commercial real estate person. And man, I wish I had this. I wish I worked for that firm. So we are growing. So if there's someone like that that's interested, just go to Kaiser.com, K-E-Y-S-E-R.com. That's our that's our commercial real estate firm. But you know, the minimum you could do is buy the book, read it, transform yourself. If you need help, we can help you transform. But it takes a community to do this. And if this is if this resonates with you and knowing you, David, and your audience, my guess is it'll resonate with quite a few people. Join us in the mission. Join us in the mission of changing the business world. And, and self-transformation and transforming organizations. And we're here to help if we can do so. Jonathan, congratulations again. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau and share your insights. My guest has been the founder of Kaiser, Jonathan Kaiser. Thank you again, Jonathan, for joining us. It's my pleasure. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how you don't have to be ruthless to be successful and much more. I believe everyone should have the opportunity to do what they love and get paid what they're worth. On my podcast, I've interviewed hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, many of whom run consulting or coaching businesses. We've created a free ebook with 49 actionable steps from 49 of our popular episodes to help you smash the plateau in your business and your life. It includes tips to help you with your mindset, relationships, business development, and productivity. You can get your copy of 49 Tips to Smash Your Plateau at smashingtheplateau.com slash tips. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash tips. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.